Hi everyone, welcome back to Understand the Bible. And today we are thinking about Judges chapter 16 and we're coming to the end of the story about Samson. And we're thinking today about the question whether you know, you've ever done anything which is so bad that you think it can't be forgiven, especially by God. You know, maybe you, you've done something and you thought, oh, God, I've done it this time, God will never forgive me. You know, that's just the end, I've, I've broken it beyond repair. I don't know if you've ever had any days or any moments like that, and certainly I do feel like that from time to time, at least to the point where you think, oh, I've, um, you know, I've, I'm so bad, God's just never going to want to to hear from me. And I'm sure we all have those times, some more than others, but, but I'm sure all of us feel like that sometimes. And that's the question, you know, can we mess things up beyond repair? Can we mess up our salvation? Can we can we break things beyond repair? And this is what this this passage in in Samson will will be thinking about uh, today. Uh, not not this passage in Samson, sorry, about Samson in Judges chapter sixteen. So Samson, he um, and by the way, I won't as usual. I'll put the link below if you want to to read it and listen to it before, which I I do recommend. Um, I'll read out the relevant bits as I go through, um, but. Uh, I won't read out the whole thing because it would just be, be too long for a video or for the, the podcast. So Samson then, chapter 16, verse 1, he goes to Gaza and he sees a prostitute, goes in to spend the night with her. And already you're thinking, oh, Samson, do you never learn? You know, have you not learned anything from your experiences in the past few um, sort of chapters that actually, you know, you do kind of have this this weakness for women and it doesn't seem to lead you to any to any good results. You know, he's only focused on what on his own kind of lustful desires, really, that that Samson seems to to want to indulge in. And so you're just thinking he's like a an immature teenager, really. Maybe he was, you know, who knows how old he was at this point. But the people of Gaza, they they hear that Samson's there. They surround the house and they say, oh, we'll get him when day breaks. But Samson, he maybe sees them out. I don't know. But he goes out in the middle of the night, takes the gates of the city and he carries them to the, the hill opposite Hebron. Now, that was a distance of about 40 miles. So we're talking about, you know, maybe three days journey or so rather than, you know, just carrying it up the top of the hill just over the way. So, and, and these were big, you know, city gates were big things. They were usually two stories and pretty uh, elaborate. So, you know, not just a, a kind of feat of strength, but actually a feat of uh, kind of a, a symbolic thing about victory over the Philistines. You know, the Hebron was in the middle of Judean uh, territories, in the middle of Judah. And carrying the gates there would have said something pretty powerful about the, the Philistines and about Samson's kind of ability to, to win the victory over them. And that's what, so that's what he does. Um, but then, we're told a bit later on, he falls in love with a woman called Delilah. And again, you know, you're just kind of thinking, not again, Samson, but, but there we go. Um, we don't know much about Delilah, actually. Um, obviously she's been this this scene has been painted quite often I remember when I was in school I went on a visit to the National Gallery and we we saw a painting of um, Samson and Delilah uh, but actually um, 
who knows really what it looked like. And we don't know much about Delilah at all, only that she cared about Philistine money. And I did think actually how, we've been thinking, I remember saying a couple of weeks ago about how Samson, you know, toxic masculinity, it was, you know, it's interesting how that's come up again in um, today's kind of society. But, but Judges is very realistic about sin. You know, sin doesn't just affect men or just affect women, but, but it affects everyone equally in, you know, in different ways. And that everyone is equally culpable and equally kind of um, has that ability to do wrong has the ability to sin in these different ways. So uh, so Delilah, uh, Samson, she, um, she's got to by the Philistines. She uh, tries to find out the secret of his strength and they give her money to try and do that. And so she keeps on at him and asking him and he keeps on telling her it's this, that and the other and humiliating her basically by uh, it being the wrong thing and he still has his, his strength. And she keeps nagging at him and, you know, she says, oh, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? And, you know, you've made a fool of me again and you haven't told me. The... And, you know, verse 16, it says, with such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. I like that. You know, she keeps nagging at him until he's sick to death. Now, Samson, he, he should have learned from the lesson of his, his wife, you know, when he was married. That's exactly what happened to her. She nagged at him. Uh, to find the secret of the, um, you know, the riddle that he gave to the people. And you think, oh, Samson, you, this happened before. Do you, not, do you not look back and see what is happening again? But Samson, he doesn't learn. But eventually it catches up with him. He does tell her the secret of his strength. He talks about his hair, how he's been uh, dedicated to God. And then uh, it says... Uh, Delilah shaves his hair off or, or she gets someone to do it. And then he, when Samson awake in verse 20, he says, I'll go out before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. So this time Samson does take it too far. He thinks that his strength is his own to do with as he sees fit. But he didn't know that the Lord had left him. You see, his strength came from God and that when he he thought that the strength belonged to him to do with as he wanted. He didn't realise that actually it, it had gone. And it's a sin of presumption. It's a bit like the sin of Israel, in fact, actually. Israel thought, well, we've got the temple we're the, um, or the tabernacle. You know, we've, we've got the commandments. We're the children of God. God's made us his own people. Therefore, we can do uh, as we like. We can even worship other gods if we want because we're safe. We're all right. We don't have to worry. That was what Israel thought. And that's a bit like uh, what Samson was thinking. It's a sin called presumption. And there is a verse, actually, which deals with just that. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, saying, If anyone thinks they are standing firm, take care lest they fall. And that's the thing. When we think we're standing firm, actually, we, are, we need to take care. Because if we're standing firm on our own strength, then we're not actually standing firm at all. You know, we need to be aware of our weakness and standing in God's strength, aware of our, our weaknesses and our temptations. If we think we're standing firm, that can be a very dangerous place to be, as Samson found out and as the Israelites found out. They didn't realise that God had left them. And so the Philistines, they, cut, they seize him, they gouge out his eyes and they take him to Gaza. 
and they, they bind him and put him to work grinding corn, you know, sort of humiliating labour for him. It's ironic that they take him to Gaza as well. That's where we began this chapter in Gaza, when Samson took the gates of Gaza into Judah. So they take him to Gaza and he's imprisoned there in a kind of ironic uh, twist. But that's not the end of the story. And, uh, and so what happens is the, the rulers of the Philistines, they assemble and they, they assemble to offer a sacrifice to Dagon and they want to, to celebrate and say, well, Dagon has delivered Samson into our hands. And they say, our God has delivered our enemy into our hands. They praise their God. And they sing kind of praises to, to Dagon. I think this is very much a battle of the gods going on here. This is very much a battle between Dagon and Yahweh. Not that Dagon actually exists, but rather what people think uh, is happening. And uh, it reminds me actually a bit of the, the um, on the uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 with Elijah and the prophets of Baal. I don't know if you know that story. You, you might like to have a little read of that later if you like. But a battle between the gods saying, who is the real God here? Is it Dagon who they think has delivered Samson to them? Or is it Yahweh, the God of Israel, who has actually uh, allowed this to happen? Now, who is the real God? Who is right here? And that is what is going on. And we'll come back to that thought a bit in a moment. Well, Samson, as we see in verse 28, he prays, he prays to the Lord, remember me, strengthen me just once more and let me get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Did he repent? It sounds like it, doesn't it? It sounds like he's saying, you know, I recognise that my strength is from you. I recognise that I, I did what was wrong. Please, you know, let me have my strength so I can uh, get revenge on these people. He's not thinking in, in, in an entirely right way because he's saying, let me get revenge for my eyes, which is, um, you know, probably not, not quite the right way of been thinking. As we've kind of thought about all the way through, he's a very mixed kind of um, character. Um, but he prays and that is what happens, that he kind of topples the temple and he, it says he killed many more people in his death than when he was alive. So the Philistine, the, the moment that they thought they had the victory and their kind of person, you know, the one who um, had been afflicting them, had they got the victory over him, actually turned out to be the moment of their defeat. And through Samson's death, he actually accomplished a greater victory than he ever did when he was alive. And we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second as well. But Let's just draw a couple of conclusions from this passage as we as we put it together. You know, what can we think about this? And I'd like to, 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 to think about a couple of questions. Number one, why does God save? Why does God save? It wasn't because of Samson. I think we can say that Samson did not do anything to deserve it. All the way through, we've seen that he just did his own thing really. He didn't care very much about what was right. He didn't care very much about God's purposes. It wasn't because Samson was, was good and was worthy and it was it was because of his goodness that God did it. But it was because of God's name. Let me read you a little bit about what God says about his name. At 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 22, just the... Um, uh, a little bit further on in the in the story for the sake of his great name 
the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. And then again in uh, in Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel chapter uh, 36, uh, verses 22 to 23. Therefore say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. So God says, look, it's not because of your goodness or your greatness, but because of my great name. You know, I've made a promise and my whole reputation depends on it. And that's the, the reputation. That is basically what a name in the Bible is. You know, that the name of the Lord is not just kind of what we call him, the label, but it's his whole reputation. And having a reputation, particularly in those days, was a really important thing. You know, I mean, it still is today, but I think even more so in the times of, of the Bible, having a good name, a good reputation was really important. And none more so for God, as we see that in the story, don't we? That, you know, the Philistines are saying, uh, oh, Dagon has delivered Samson into our hands. And they were praising their um, imaginary God. But actually, um, the Lord is saying, no, 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 I save because not because of Samson is great, but because of my reputation. You know, if I don't do this, then they will think that, that Dagon has won. And so God wanted to protect his own um, reputation, his own name. And that's why uh, God saves at the end of the day, not because of his uh, of our sort of goodness, but because of his greatness, because of his promises, because of his love, you know, not because of not because of us. Um, so God saves so that his name may be great. And in some ways, actually, it, it almost works that the, the worse the sinner, the greater God's name, because it, it's just so clear that it's not based on our goodness, but, but on God's greatness, that you know, the more, uh, the worse the sinner is before they come to Christ, then the greater God's name is. Now, that's not a license for immorality, and I don't have time to go into all of that now, but this isn't a license for us to kind of sin more so that God's grace might increase. And the Apostle Paul talks about that in Romans. Not like that at all, um, but it's actually just saying that God's greatness is displayed not through our um, kind of um, us meriting our salvation, but because of his great name that he he saves. And it's an important thing to think about when we think about um, telling others about Jesus. You know, one little concern, one concern which I certainly don't don't have enough is that of uh, God's greatness, God's name in this town, in this nation and in the world. This is what it says in Malachi chapter one, verse 11. My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets. Uh, my name will be great among the nations. That's what God is concerned about, that his name would be great in the nations because he's He's concerned that people don't worship him. And it's not so much about people's kind of private salvation, although that is important, but rather that he is not worshipped and glorified as he should be. 
it's funny I was thinking a little bit about about this the Lord's Prayer with a group last night we were thinking about the line hallowed be your name and that is a prayer that God's name might be holy and might be lifted up among you know not just in our own lives but in in our society in our country in our town all of those kind of things do we have that concern for God's glory for God's name to be honored where in our own lives and in the lives of people around us in the lives of and our town and so on it's what matters to God now once I think John Piper said mission exists because worship doesn't and that's the thing that we're supposed to be we're made to worship God we're meant to be lifting up his name and praising him as the one who made everything and who made us gives us every good thing and yet when that doesn't happen that God cares about that and it's important so second question then uh, more briefly how does God save I think there are real parallels between Samson and Jesus important parallels you know think about how when uh, when the Philistines thought they had the victory they thought they got Samson in their grip actually it was their moment of defeat and it was through Samson's death that at the end of the victory over them was accomplished and really that reminds reminds me so much of, of Jesus you know how evil it thought it had it had won and defeated on the cross but actually that moment of what what the forces of evil thought was victory was actually defeat for them and that actually Jesus was triumphing over them by the cross death his death on the cross was victory let me close by reading some words from uh, from Colossians uh, Colossians chapter 2 verses 13 uh, to 15 when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh God made you alive with Christ he forgave us all our sins having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross so Jesus triumphed over our enemy by the cross Jesus triumphed over evil and death and Satan all of those things through the cross through what seemed like to be the moment of defeat was actually the moment of victory that's the supreme way that God triumphed and God shows that he has the power and the victory over death and sin and evil and that's true in our own lives too that we know that through Christ we have the victory over those things in the end whatever may happen in the end those things are defeated and have no power over us and it's something to give God thanks for and rejoice in that he does have the victory over sin so I hope that you've enjoyed this video please do like or whatever you do on your um, your podcast or whatever uh, click something and um, just if you enjoy this video and do remember to subscribe if you want to see uh, more like this and I hope to see you again for another video or podcast very soon and just after the last week's uh, thing I'd just like to say as a closing word that these videos podcasts this is not a substitute for church you know that I do hope that in uh, watching this you are not it's not taking you away from going to church uh, wherever is, is a good church local to you which teaches the Bible and I'm sure there will be um, churches that, that teach the Bible near to you 
uh, I hope that you make that a priority and this is just sort of an extra topping up at other times in the week, sort of topping you up um, to, to help understand the Bible more. But do get stuck into a church, it's really important. So thanks very much for watching. Hope to see you again very soon. God bless.